Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. Hey everybody, welcome along. Another edition of the V8 Salute Podcast, powered by Repco. I'm Aaron Noonan. Great to have you with me for another episode. Now, as our regular listeners know, in recent weeks I've been bringing you episodes from my recent Queensland trip of recording podcasts. So this week, it's Anton Di Pasquale, who I sat down with at the workshop at Dick Johnson Racing as part of my trip around Queensland. Now, I really like the challenge of doing these sit-down pod interviews with current drivers because they're not in a reminiscing brain space. They're not not really thinking about their career, where they've been and what they've done. They're more busy worrying about the next race, the next battle and the next challenge. So to interview the current Supercars guys in our sort of podcast format is a real challenge. And I actually really like this because it makes you think about asking them things that they don't normally get asked about. They get asked the same old stuff about the current racing, the current cars, the current competitors, uh, week in, week out. And much of it, sometimes they can't really give an open and truthful answer on. It's just the nature of the beast. You're probably going to have to wait 10 or 15 years for the real answer on some of the stuff that's going on at the moment. But with Anton, he was great. We covered lots of ground talking about stuff that he doesn't often get asked about. Uh, We talk about his roots in the sport in karting, those formative years in Formula Ford with the Sonic Motor Racing team, heading off to Europe, the impact of Mark Larkham and Paul Morris, uh, some of those familiar names that he raced against uh, in Europe as well. There's some names that you will definitely have known from what they've done in the years that have followed. We talk about, too, his favourite AFL game, which I have to say, I was at the same game and it still hurts me to this very day. We also talk about ADP's business interests away from racing, which not many people know about, and we talk about a whole pile more. He also tackles the National Motor Racing Museum couch racer questions and the top 10 shootout as well. So buckle up, it's time to start. Anton Di Pasquale on the V8 Sleuth podcast, powered by Repco. Anton, hello. hello. How are you, mate? We are in the DJR. We're in the boardroom, actually. We're, are we special? or is high level. How, how did we land this? Was this not taken today or what's going on? <laughs> high here? level, early booking. Yeah, nice. I got in early. Yeah. Got in early. Hey, we've got a lot of questions to talk about. And I want to talk to you about some stuff that you probably don't get asked about these days. I mean, it's not like you're a... You're an old fuddy-duddy with this huge, long career that we can go back through heaps of stuff. But you have done heaps of stuff already, even at this point. But I've got a, a burning question. <laughs> yep. And this really drives Off me insane. But I, I've never had the time to ask you. And from the, the horse's mouth, you're not a horse, but you know what I mean, your name, is it a capital D or a little d? Because I spell it differently all the time and I <laughs> wonder if I'm doing it right or wrong. Please put me out of my misery and tell me how do we write your name? How would you like definitely capital? Definitely capital. Yeah, it's my last name, so it's a capital. Right. And then, but then it's the P's a capital as well. Yeah. After the space, obviously. Right. Because I used to write it with a little D and I I never got a phone call to say, mate, uh, sort it out. I just just deal with that. Internally with myself and just get upset, <laughs> but I never report it back to you. We're, we're dealing with the big issues here. They have it on the timing. I reckon the timing was like a little D for like four years, 
yeah, you need I'm to let that go. I, I, yeah, I was letting them know. Like it's it's changed now. It's all good. <laughs> it just doesn't look right with a little D. Anyway, okay, right now I am going to write capital capital D. Yeah, done. If I see a little D anywhere, I'll take it up personally. Perth, thank you, and and sort it out for you. Appreciate that a lot as your D agent to uh, <laughs> sort it out. Now that we've got the big ticket stuff out of the way, um, we know what you're doing now. That's pretty clear. There's plenty going on in Shell V Power Racing Land in supercars. Mm-hmm. You're where you were aiming to be in terms of being in the top tier of the sport. You aimed and did overseas, karting, all that sort of stuff. But whose fault is it that you got into racing? Is this something that your family were into and loved? or Because it's I've talked to a lot of people in this little Queensland pod tour I've been doing, yep. and it's either it's ingrained in the family, dad was into it, the family liked cars, dad raced, uncle raced, all that, yep. or nothing. And it's, it starts with the um, person. Which are you? Or where are you on that scale? Yeah, no one in my family raced. Uh, like dad's into his motorsport and all that stuff. Um, probably my fault because I always had always had a motorbike and did I did the dirt biking coming from a farming family. You know, we had the, had the track at home and everyone rode. That was sort of the normal thing. And then I probably just crashed too many times that <laughs> four wheels sounded better than two. Mm. Um, and where was where was where did you grow up? In Western Melbourne. Yep. So first karting track was Geelong. Yep. Um, that yeah, there's another farmer down the road. His son was in karting a long time before that. So um, I, I I don't know how that sort of happened, and we chucked it in. I said oh, this is pretty cool, and then we're just having a bit of fun, and then you know fast forward 10, 11, 12 years, whatever it is now, and we're here. The fun got out of hand. Like it, it goes a little bit beyond that. And the fun never bit. stops, does it? Though, yeah. like you look back on it, and it's pretty cool um, process. I started, I started my carding quite late in the piece. I sort of, I think it was like my thirteenth birthday was the sort of first go kart I got. That, that's full carding grandpa spec compared yeah. to some of them. So I was days. straight into juniors, skipped all the pre stuff, um, and you're yeah, straight in and sort of only race carts for a few years. Um, but very fortunate that going back to that, always always look back. It's a good time because I speak to my dad a lot now about it because he's back into the karting scene helping some, some family friends. He sort of got roped in as the guru. <laughs> but we look back on it and go, shit, we, we had a lot of fun. Like he was, we were pretty dedicated to it and we just mm. enjoyed doing it. It was, a, it was a really good time. So, Did you do it all yourself as a family or did you, did you go, look, we don't really know what we're doing here. We need to get somebody else's help or did you just go, Right, what we don't know, we don't know, but we'll figure it out as we go. It pretty, um, yeah, you kind of, it's about, I reckon about two or three times you listen to people and you realise you shouldn't be listening to people <laughs> and just go work it out yourself because they bump steer you any which direction, mm-hmm. especially once you start going pretty good. So Funny that, funny that. Yeah, so we, we, um, we yeah, we're pretty, we both had no idea what we are doing. I didn't know how to drive a go-kart, either did dad, we didn't know how to set it up, but we worked it out and we worked hard. Um, to do it and you know we both loved it and that was i think what what sort of drove us into it um and yeah we did that all ourselves traveled around had an awesome time who was in the karting scene at the time because for so many of the current supercar fans they kind of equate yep. when you pop into supercars as when they pop on you pop on their radar and who your contemporaries are that you're racing against but these things are deeply rooted yep. with some of the guys you race now. You've been racing them for years. It's not just the last two or three in supercars. Yeah, probably um, my 
card in you. So for people that follow car racing now, you probably, myself and Todd raced a lot against each other pretty much Hazelwood. every weekend. Hazelwood, yep. 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 And then um, in a certain class, Joey Mawson as well, because we're all the same age, I think. Um, so yeah, so we sort of, that was sort of the, the three of us racing against each other a lot. Um, and then, you know, heaps of other guys, obviously, that were really good and they've gone on to other things or sprint cars or whatever. Mm. But, um, yeah, in supercars, yeah, Todd, we raced, uh, like, a lot together yeah, against you, each other. You're smiling already. So is there a race that the second you, you think of your karting or particular driver, it's Todd or Joey or whoever, that, um, oh, that day at the state title? Because Dave, are your teammate. He's a shocker for that. He knows he, all the stuff. He'll, he'll he's go the bang about, oh, man, Wing Cup at Oakley that day. We were, you know, yeah. He remembers every single race. So there's some standout ones from when you were a kid that we didn't – um, there's probably no tape of it. We didn't see it, but it could have been the, the greatest race that you'll ever have in your life. Uh, we had some ripper battles. It probably wasn't even the big meetings. It's probably more the country series, you know, cold morning out in Cobden or something like that where you probably have some real good ones. But, yeah, I mean, you look back, it's probably, yeah, we, we probably shared the podium together <laughs> – 30 times a year yeah. in sort of different races. So, yeah, um, there's a few. There's was, there was a lot of good guys. It was a really good time. Was, karting was strong, pretty competitive. Um, back then, a lot of us went on to Formal Forward the next couple of years, and then a few of us had pressed on from there. So what year are we talking karting here? So this is last year karting, 2011. You feel so old, mate. So old, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So how many years of that were – were you doing what four? It's three years. Three years. Yeah, three, three years, years of karting, and then and most kids do years and years of karting before they. Yeah, we worked that out pretty yeah. quickly. We sort of got the kart racing around, and like shit, we're a bit behind the eight ball here. These guys are pretty good. Because they've been going since they were like you know seven. Yeah, seven, eight, <laughs> and they know all the stuff, and we're pretty competitive. I'm competitive. My dad's super competitive, and we were like, oh, this this is not fun. Like just getting beaten all the time. Like it's fun, but we want to go better. So. We we did a lot like I did a lot of racing in um, 2010 I think it was the year before my last and we pretty much raced every weekend almost because mm. we we're like well we need to catch up mm. so we did about three years of racing in one year <laughs> um, and it was heaps of fun and missed heaps of days of school it was awesome I was gonna say did you go to school at all <laughs> yeah. in this period it doesn't sound like there was time for school at all. I went on like Monday. Tuesday, Monday to Thursday, maybe Fridays. Oh, that's not too bad. RDO that's... on Fridays, back to the racetrack. What's <laughs> <laughs> the day off? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Mum was on to me. I had to still pass school and do all that stuff, so she was on to it. Were you any good at school though? I, I mean, considering I think considering my attendance and I didn't want to. I was all I wanted to be was at the go kart track or the racetrack by the end of school. Um, I think it was okay. Well, when I got my enter score, the ATAR score. It was on your phone. You wake up and you're, you're nervous. You can't sleep all night because you're not. You're scared you're gonna fail. <laughs> and then I got it and then told mom. She's like, "What'd you get?" I told her and then she's like, "Really?" Like, yeah. She thought I was lying. So it must so, have been oh, so better than what was expected. I think a little bit better. Like, it how wasn't, the hell did you do this? Have yeah, you not she's, been? Like, she's like, "Oh, that's kind of good. Good stuff." But you but know what? That doesn't help you get to Formula One. No, it didn't help it me help at all. Doesn't help you win Bathurst. I, I, yeah, I didn't go to uni anyway. Oh, after, same, so same. No, I didn't. Didn't matter. <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, that's really good. Applied for uni just." Because I kind of had to, but I was never going. So. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, go to the University of Motorsport. It's it's exactly. a good one. It's I've a been to that one. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. still there. Still going. Still attending. Still there. Still rocking up. Every lap in under a minute. Every move made to matter. Every decision impacting the outcome of the race. Supercars in Perth. 
Every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Ticketek. Supercars, unforgettable. Cars, Formula Ford, the logical step. Yep. You remember your first taste of a car? Yep. Because carting the cars is, it's the logical step, but it's the big step of, yep. oh, this is a whole other world. And, and how are you, is this fully family funded at this point in time or have you got anyone helping you on the scene to, yep. to make this happen? Um, a, a little bit of everything. Like you obviously working hard, like super hard as a family to help fund it mm. um, on the farm, you know, Dad was working some massive hours, mum as well, myself included when I could, just sort of getting through. And when you say farm, because market gardening. Yeah, veggie farm. So So, early mornings cutting cauliflowers and then go cut track maybe in the Arvo or something like that. And this is like we're talking a big property of – Oh, not that big, but big enough to farm. Bigger than your average backyard veggie garden that some of our listeners will probably have. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's that. You know, family, friends, a couple sponsors here and there, but yeah, a lot of a lot of hard work and a lot of making realistic decisions on what you can and can't do as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do remember my first taste of of a race car. Um, so they had back in that day, it was a, like a rewards program for carters of a certain brand that did well. Basically, if you want some championships or something, you got to basically do this drive day in a Formula Ford at Winton and all of. All the former four teams were there, um, so I was part of that. You know, the other guys I mentioned, Todd was there, Joey was there, all the all the guys were there. It was quite cool. Um, and then, so my first taste was actually before that because I knew I was doing that. Never driven a race car, so I did a day um, in Luke Gallery's Kent car. Oh yeah, yeah just yeah. learn the shift gears and yeah. just just the basic stuff. So then yeah. I don't go make a so fool then myself <laughs> in front of everyone. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, I mean I was just a young kid, so I wasn't smart enough to work all that stuff out. But you know. Lucky enough, my parents were switched on enough to go, oh, maybe we should just have learn how to change the gears mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff before we go, mm-hmm. you know, drive someone else's race car. So that was good. Um, and then, yeah, Winton in a, in a Sonic Formal Ford. I was quite fortunate looking back on it. I don't know if they put me there for a reason or whatever, but got to drive I'm with Mick, my first proper test in, you know, a Durotech Formal Ford. And then essentially one person from that day got uh, a free round of the State Series. So lucky enough, I got that as well, and then just race with Nick they from there on. Just because you were the fastest, or because you had the best feedback, or a I'm bit not, of everything, I'm or not, they just thought he's no a nice idea. bloke, we'll give him a crack. Yeah, or? no idea. I think it was there was a bit of everything, mm. and I think the teams had to sort of make a decision, and um, I guess maybe Mick had my back, and then we just raced for them for a couple of years. Yeah, mm. and sort of how it all worked out. The Sonic tie-up's a great one because. You know, you look at the list of the people that have gone through there, you know, Will Daver, Jamie Winkup, Dave yep. Reynolds, you know, the list is pretty long in the Long list, The yeah. Sonic graduate list is a pretty long and distinguished mm-hmm. one. So what did you learn there that you still use now? Because there'll be, well, not just Mick Ritter sayings that ex-Sonic drivers all still say, but yeah. the, the, the learnings and the, the grounding and the foundation bits that you you built on over the last, yeah. you know, what, nine, ten years. I guess the first time racing someone else's stuff, like you always race – your dad, your car, you know, your trailer, all the stuff. So first time racing for a team and learning that environment and, you know, how to get the best out of that. And a lot of it was basically just listen to basically whatever Mick said and do as he says and you, you probably go pretty good. That's sort of the, the history would say that. And I sort of, 
they always had the wall of champions board in the garage and stuff. You're like, oh, I reckon if I listen to this bloke, he knows what he's doing. We should be right. And basically that's just what I did. Just okay, yes, sir, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and it all kind of worked out, you know. Um, and awesome team. But yeah, I think I was on the I was on the good side of Mick for most of it. I never there's a lot of uh stories, you know, people copping not a beating, but of like, you know, like the hard a, a hard truth. The hard truth. Yeah. And I never really got I don't recall ever getting one of those, like a big spray. So I've seen him happen and I was like, oh, that's no good. I don't I'm, want one of them to be able to <laughs> keep doing as he says and it's all good. But um, yeah, awesome, awesome family team. We got them really well um, and got some really cool results and ultimately, ultimately won a championship there, which sort of set up the next part of the career. Well, you bounced out. You're second in the state title in 12 and then you won the Formula Ford championship. That was the last year that it was a you know, championship yep. and then obviously there was political stuff and it became a series. So it was kind of slated that you were the end of the line of that mm. long list of Australian Formula Ford champions. But I, yep. I I remember, I mean, we covered a bit of it on TV back in those days but yep. not as much of it as Formula Ford had had previously. So, I, you know, they, all the years blend into one in my world because you, you start yep. to commentate all these races and think, uh, which year was, was that? that? <laughs> which guy was that? What colour car was that? So I actually dug out the – so Macaulay Jones was in your yep. – in that class of 2013. Yep. Matt Campbell was racing Formula Ford yep. there. Thomas Randall, uh-huh. J- um, James Golding did a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, Sam Power, who yep. a lot of our listeners might go, Sam Power, Sam Power. He raced Carrera Cup here, but yeah. he actually works in Formula One. Yeah, now he's like the, the, the hospitality guy or something in Formula yeah, One. Yeah, he pops up doing yeah, video cool. stuff for him. He's hosted yep. a podium at a Grand Prix. Yep. and He was part of the Channel 10 coverage at Albert Park this year. So, yep. you know, all these different avenues that people go down. So, it's, you know, there's some familiar names in among there. Yeah, the, no, there was the, I mean, there's a lot of good crop for sure. And we all kind of – a lot of us went on to do things and still doing things now. Um, a few of us in, obviously in supercars. There's, what, three, four of us. And then the yeah. year before – um, you know, like LeBrock, Gary, those guys were the year before. So we raced them as well, sort of in, a, in that crossover period. When you're sort of coming into it. And yeah, you always sort of going, do the yeah. last couple rounds of the national series getting ready for the year after. So race them as well. So there's, yeah, there was, it was, it was a good, it was a good couple of years. Are you uh, out of the veggie garden at this point? Are you still, you're still in among all that? Emergency reasons only, like, you know, if, if uh, you needed the call up. If, yeah, if that needs a chop out, just head down and, try my best but um yeah general, at this point i'm basically year 12 at school so doing my final year of schooling um racing cars it's all going pretty good it's mm. it's it's a fun time do you remember how many races you won in that year's formula ford championship um i not as many as i think i think i should have probably no i, I no I, not as many i, I remember, there's a couple that i remember oh there's a few that you're not going to get over here is that, there? there's a couple that sting still i just had like a couple engine dramas these kind of little things that you never see from the outside the results are still okay and you're like oh but this was down and that was down and it, you always remember those ones the ones yeah. you miss but i think i won maybe i won like a fair few in a row i think at one point yeah there were, you got a bit of a roll on going i think it was Queensland, maybe? Oh, there was yeah. three in a row somewhere along the line. But fresh, how, fresh how many engine. in a year? <laughs> Seven. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. So it was enough to win, though. You had a pretty – Yeah. Was, well, Liam Sager finished second, I think, from memory. Yeah, so I wrapped it up at Phillip Island, um, and our last round was at Homebush. And That's then, right, yeah. Um, there, was a, there was a few DNFs, and I th- uh, Macaulay dropped back, had, a, had a, uh, something happen to him somewhere, um, and there's a couple little things like that. But, yeah, Liam Sager, he was like – Super fast at Homebush, and then he crashed in the last lap. Gone for that record, I think. That'll I don't, I don't remember that, but yeah, that was pretty intense. <laughs> uh, it's well, if you're going to do it, do it large. It was rapid, yeah. fast, and last lap, yeah, shunted the thing. Yeah. Where does 
so then the open wheel overseas thing comes here because you've sort of ticked the boxes here to learn the trade, yep. Formula Ford, what next? So is, are all eyes on Europe here? This is what it's all about for you or it's the V8 thing's been a, in your eye line a little bit or is it all about trying to keep um, going open wheel? To be honest, probably had no idea. <laughs> um, it was probably halfway through that year somewhere around Gold Coast time. So maybe it was even – Gold Coast must have been a bit earlier back then or something. Uh no, it was October. I'm not sure. Maybe October. it was just our season was late, but there was about yeah. Gold Coast. A bit before Gold Coast started, um, started connecting with Larco. I was going to say, how did the wheels start? Yeah, so that came through in. that year. So um, he took he took an interest in me and what I was I was doing, and then where did that come from? What prompted? He was just watching. I'm not. I think he was just there and watching. I and think just thought that kid goes all right. I think it's a bit of a story of like being racing on the main card. Has benefits because mm. um, it puts you in front of yeah. eyes that otherwise aren't at a uh-huh. lower tier yeah. event or so a state event. I think that's purely how that came that connect came through. I don't remember exactly, but it was one of those. And then we, I met at Gold Coast, and um, he took a keen interest in me. And obviously, everyone knows Larko's an awesome guy. So um, yeah, he kind of helped us do that next step. And there was probably. I think we made the decision pretty early on to do some form of overseas kind of open wheeler thing. Um, the toss up was between US and Europe, two different styles of cars and all the stuff. And I actually did a test in, in the US as well, which um, not many people know. Well, they do now. Yeah, they do What was now. that in? Where was that? Uh, in the, like, so the road, they had a road to Indy program back yeah. then. So you got USF 2000, Star Mazda, Matt Brabham was. Star Mazda, I think it was mm. at the time. Oh, sorry, I don't know. Star Mazda, as yeah. they say. Yeah. <laughs> so it was USF 2000, which is based like a Formula 4 with wings, essentially a bit quicker. And then you got uh, Star Mazda, Indy Lights, IndyCar. Mm. And you kind of have a steep program and it's paid for if you win and all the yeah. stuff. And So I, I, I did a test at a track called Palm Beach um, in December 2013 after the – Homebush, I think I just flew straight over there. It was really cool. Race that. So the toss-up was between that and then Europe. And then we steered towards towards Europe eventually, but maybe hindsight, America's, you know, that kicked off pretty well mm. now. So, um, and when, in, in this stage, what's Larco? Is Larco your manager, your advisor, your yeah, sort of yeah, just helping where he can? Bit of everything, I guess, yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he's, he set the Euro deal up because obviously he's got a few connections over there. So um, that worked out really well. I ended up racing um, for Lechner Racing, which is massive in Porsche, in Porsche land, in, in Supercarp and all that stuff. Um, and at that time, they weren't racing in any open wheel or stuff they had previously. So they were kind of getting back into it. And I, I would never have known, but like I knew them well enough that he's like, yeah, these guys haven't done it before, but they do things right. Like this is probably going to be really good first year with these guys. I'm, okay, yeah, cool. And so there you was. put a lot of trusted Larko's yeah, he, viewpoints. He, and he knew his story. He knew a lot more than than us, obviously. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, these guys are the go. Um, there's no like they haven't raced it last year, the year before, but they do stuff at a high level, so. If they're going to do it, they're going to do it right and you're going to be, have a good car and they want you to race for them. So I'm like, okay, cool. So we did that and, yeah, bang, like awesome, awesome mm, And this is Formula team. Renault. Yeah. 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 So, again, it's kind of like a F4-y kind of Formula Renault. Mm. Yeah. So not the, the sort of entry-level Formula Renault. So at this stage, how old are you? What's your – you just 18. out of school. Yeah. Just finished school. 18. On a plane, going to live. Where would you go live? Austria. So I lived uh, – the 
basically 10 minutes from the team in a where so in Salzburg there's a, a little village called Fuschel which is like basically Red Bull headquarters so mm. Red Bull worldwide their main headquarters on the lake there I live like 100 meters away from there it's a cool place on a lake like just an awesome world and really cool people and the workshop was just down the road so I just hung out there all the time you're palling up with other drivers over there you're living with other drivers because that's the the young driver going overseas yeah. thing there's you know oh, i got to find somewhere to live and I don't know anyone or I'm sleeping on a couch here yep. and I've seen and heard a lot of that stuff over the journey from yeah, that's British super. F3 and British Formula Ford and all that stuff of the early 2000s but like nerve-wracking yeah I um, didn't really know what I was getting myself into and you're, you're, you're on your own like there's there's yeah no one else there that you really no, know so flew all by myself um did all that stuff. I mean, been on planes plenty of time by this point, so I wasn't too worried about that. But landing, I don't really know these people. I don't know where I didn't even know where I was staying at that point. <laughs> but um, Robert, he was running the program, Robert Lechner. So he's, he used to race as well, won like Nurburgring 24 hour and all this kind of stuff. Um, so he was basically taking control of that program and it was his team as well. And he just sort of looked after me and sort of set everything up for me, like, okay. I took me here. This is a guy you're going to stay at this place. Rah, rah, rah. I've ordered, he organized a car from Renault and just sort of got me set up and then introduced me to a few other race drivers in the area that are racing in their other cars and da, 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 and it sort of just gave that good founding. And then it was it was actually really, really easy. You weren't left to your own devices to just yeah. sink in all the other stuff that was the non-racing. So yeah. you could just put your eyes on the racing. which you know. Yeah, which was, which was super cool. Um, didn't have to – I wasn't stressed about – any of that kind of thing. I sort of had a really good – he was – looked after me really well because he he, he he come from that history as well when he was a young guy, going to race in Japan and all these stuff. So he got it mm. and he's like – he knew how to sort of help we'll and knew easy. what I was going through, which yeah. – yeah, and then a very English-talking country as well made it, made That's it easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, big help, big help. Yeah. So you win that Formula Renault championship in 14. Yep. So where are you racing? What sort of, like you've gone from racing in – Aussie tracks to just going onto some tracks that you've only read about or yep. watched on TV and what, what tracks are you running on? Like you, you, it's a lower level category, but yep. where are you? Where are um, you so all all the all the good like a lot of tracks is Northern Europe Europe stuff. So um, the first race was at Zandvoort, which good joint, yeah. awesome back on the Grand Prix calendar these days. Yeah, yeah. awesome joint. Like love that place. Um, and then we'll, we'll a few of the MotoGP tracks were at Assen um, was to follow that. Race at Nurburgring, Spa, like all, like some big yeah, joints. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're not a goat tracks. Like no, no, we're good joints. Yeah, yeah, most of them are you know, high level tracks, fair few F1 tracks as well. Uh, but Zanvoort, I think, was my favourite. That was that was a cool. That's mm. a cool joint. So to, to make all this happen, has the family gone right? Out, we're going to make this happen, or because you know it's a common thing. Young drivers going overseas, going to debt. Oh, I'll pay someone back. Someone's yeah. helping out. How'd you bolt that all together to, to make that happen? It's pretty difficult. Like, um, you know, we're not just sitting on piles of cash everywhere and it's just easy, you know, like um, just basically just hard work, you know, help from people. But um, yeah, it's like generally a lot of backbreaking hard work just, mm. just to get it done, um, which you're know, very fortunate to have, have, have that base because you can't, can't just no rock chance. up and do it, you yeah. know. So, um, a, a lot of good people around, but yeah, parents busted busted their ass to sort of help me get there and um, allow me to do it. And it was never easy. It's never like, oh, just go do it and whatever. You, I sort of had to. Really go, well, if you don't if you don't go well, then you're not going to then go do that and do that. Like you kind of, mm. 
okay, you're showing potential, that's looking good, we'll give you the chance. Mm. And, and that was really good and eventually ran it. Like it wasn't – Europe wasn't the place for us and by the end of it we couldn't keep up with what was sort of happening uh, there. So even if you win – you still have to pay to get to the next rung of the ladder. Yeah. And so there's a lot of rungs of the ladder to go. So Yeah, we worked that out pretty quick. We were like, oh, we've got a, a long sort of another, say, five years, three years, something like that at X category that's actually now three times as much as what we are now. This is not this is not our world. We, we don't have enough cauliflowers for this. Yeah, this is, this is pretty t- much. Big, big ticket stuff. So we worked that one out and we're like, okay, cool. Um, come back to Oz. And it was, it was always, it was never like the only goal. So obviously F1's everyone's dream, um, but it was not like, okay, I'm going F1. If I don't make F1, my life's over. Mm. It wasn't one mm. of those. It was like, we'll go there, we'll race in Europe. What's the worst thing? You learn heaps of experience, might get lucky and end up somewhere else. Work, like worst case, come back to Australia, which is a really good motorsport base anyway. Mm. It's not and a bad thing. Use that experience and lock mm. up into a touring car. And that was sort of what ended up happening anyway. That second year in Europe was Renault, um, the Euro Cup, so the two-liter yep. cars, that was the step. But there's, I, I went and had a look. So there's some familiar names in there that yeah, plenty, people yeah. today will know. So who were some of those? Um, so who won that year? Aiken won that year. Jack, Jack Aiken. Aiken. So yep. he's a reserve F1 driver for a fair few years now and he's sort of been part of all those programs. Um, and the mo- most of those guys are like racing for po- – Porsche factory drivers and Mercedes factory drivers and all that kind of stuff, yeah. And a couple of sort of just brinking, hang around F2 and sort of on the brink. There's, there's plenty of kids right there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so many. I looked through the list and there's a pile of names where I went, I wonder where that guy ended up. I yeah. wonder where that guy ended up. But there's enough that stand out to go. Uh, Dries Vanthor, who's yep. 12 hours. He'd been to Bathurst with yep. 12 and all that sort of stuff. Um, Mazepin was in your yep. in in that year, which clearly he's been in the headlines in more recent times for other yep. things. But yep. um, so you, you've got a level too that moving on, everyone can relate to what they've done and where they've been, and go well. A lot of the times here in Australia, I don't think our audience understands who you raced against, how you raced against, no. them. because they don't see it. Like it's no, it's, it's, it's off the radar, so far away, and. Even if you didn't want to watch it, you have to get up at 2 a.m. in the morning yeah, to watch yeah, it anyway. Yeah, I like sleeping, man. I, yeah, yeah. So, I like sleeping. Yeah, and I've raced against a lot of cool people and made some, you know, really lifelong friends that you don't see much, but I'm seeing racing other things and winning things and you're sort of happy for and if you ever get back over there, you catch up and all that mm. kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a cool time, but I don't think um, – I don't think I, like, I lost anything going there. Um, sort of come back and – you know, have some, some sort of form of different experience to what I think, I mean, to be honest, ultimately probably got me into supercars anyway, just having something different to mm. the people that were all sort of going for the same drive for and ultimately got me in here. So worked out in well, favour. That's a really interesting point because I would feel my natural tendency would be that what, you, what people have done overseas doesn't get enough credit here. So probably doesn't wash. They look more at... Oh yeah, what did you do in Super Two, or what did you do in Formula Ford, or what did yeah. you do in Carrera Cup, or whatever it is? But that's an interesting one that you say that. that yeah, it was that, a bit. It was, that helped. It was a bit of both. I think like I was racing Super Two at the time, and it was like okay, there was a fair few of us at, at a similar level in Super Two, and then the only difference was out of so say three or four guys, I raced overseas and done a couple of different things, and that was just enough for Barry to sort of say, yeah, that's that's cool. Mm, we Let's like go that. with that. Yeah, mm, it's time mm. for a young guy. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. 
Simply type in your rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search rego, the number two, and oil and find out. But before you got to the era of a spit, yeah. there was the dude era. Yeah. So how does, the, how does the dude yeah. link come about? Like, where does, where um, does that all – because he was – he'd been doing the Super 2 Series himself. Yep. He'd won Bathurst finally after so many years of trying with Chaz in that famous race. Yep. Um, stepped back from, from doing it and ta-da, here you are. Yeah, a good timing, I guess, as well. Um, so – Back to Oz, okay, it's all it's all too hard. And is Larco still in the scene at this stage? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a toss-up between something like Cup Car or Super 2. That's sort of the options. And then went with Super 2 for the fact that that's what gets you to supercars. I wasn't looking to go back and race in European mm. Porsches or anything. So um, that's what we did. And Larco then set up an introduction to Paul which then all we did was just laps at Norwell in an SS Commodore. Um, <laughs> just a roadie. Yeah, which is what at the time was a training. There's obviously a lot of 86s and stuff there now. But back that day, there was we had the SS Commodore. Awesome, awesome thing to learn in. It's first sort of real time I've driven a tin top. Um, so, yeah, basically said, well, let's let's do some laps. Let's see what it's about. You just wanted to have a look and see what, yeah, what so he had to see what you had. Yeah, pretty much. Just what do you think? It was more one of those days. Um, and we did, he goes, I just go drive like as he does. And then did probably two, three laps. Then we just spoke and he said, okay, try this, try that. Did that. Okay. That worked. Yep. Cool. And then kind of just did that for half a day and got on really well. And then he's like, well, we should probably test a supercar. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds good. That wasn't <laughs> sort of the plan of the day to do anything like that. It was more just a bit of a tin top driver adaption stuff. And then he's like, oh, well, I'm not racing my car anymore. That car's there. We'll go test it. Okay, cool. Test it. He's like, oh, that's pretty good. We should race that car. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's this, race. This is, this is moving along quite nicely. This yeah, is- it was more so, uh, he, you know, Paul took an interest in me as well. So um, yeah, I've said many times, fortunate to sort of land in good spots with good people. But, I mean, get them give time and effort to me, but also obviously time and effort back the other way to, to help myself. Um, what, what do you think he saw? Has he told you what he saw that day? Uh, I think I just, I think the drive, like I drove, I drove the car and he's like, oh shit, that's pretty good. And then um, he told me to just change a couple of things on the lap. Um, and then sort of the next lap did exactly what he said. And he's like, oh, okay. And he listens. That's good. So that's that sort helps. of, yeah. And then back coach, like doing a lot more coaching now, um, knowing what it's like, you can probably see, you know, listening and, than doing and understanding and sort of not talking back and that kind of thing. Mm. As a coach, that's what you want, like yeah. helping someone. You sort of accepting the help, and I, I think I did that in a way that he liked. And he's like, "Okay, this is cool." And this then, kid's not a smartass, basically. Basically, <laughs> and then we ended up um, racing Super Two in the in the FG, which, which was that hybrid year, wasn't it? Because Car of the Futures so were allowed in. Yeah, there, but that was and, the older. And we were well car. aware. It was like, okay, we're going to race in the older car. It's probably better for you anyway. It's going to be cheaper. And you're out of the headlines. Uh, a bit. The yeah. expectations aren't as high. All that stuff. Yeah. And he didn't have a car of the future anyway. Mm. And then, do you remember your first test? Because yeah, the dude was there. Tim Slade, I think, was there too, helping out a little bit as well. And I think that was this. That was my first proper test. Yeah. Oh, so you'd had a little. So I did the before. test. I did the test uh, when I first come back after that first drive with Port Norwell. Just a half day. It ended up raining. Just to go. Okay, this is what a supercar is. Mm. 
And I still remember I did like a minute 13 at QR and then it rains. So I did like 10 dry laps, 10 wet laps or something. Um, and then that's then when we're like, okay, let's race Super 2. And it was, okay, old car, we're not going to win because it's not going to really be possible against the new cars mm. anyway. But it's not about that. Learn. It's a cheaper way to learn. We've got all the parts, rah, 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 rah. Um, and then we'll work it out from there. I was like, okay, cool. And that's basically what happened. We sort of was it worked out good though because I had PD as a base. He was still in the, he was still in the mm. blueprint car with Eggleston. With Eggleston, so yeah, we yeah. know how fast he was in Super Two in that car. So he was always my always a yardstick. And then sort of by the end of the year, that gap closed a lot, and you're kind of more even. And it's like, mm. okay, this is this is getting better. Because yeah. the start, it's like shit. How is he so fast? <laughs> and then you slowly work it out, but. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was a good time, and that was uh, was that 2016, and 16, then yeah. eventually moved into the cough car the year after. Yeah, what um, what was your first thought when you drove a supercar? Do you think what the hell? I, mean, I, I loved it. Yeah, it just race cars are race car. So yeah, supercars are like we're one of the coolest race cars in the world that we probably don't appreciate enough. Like if you just for how fun they are to drive, like you just just for raw driving and having fun, take turn that soft off. <laughs> and all the time you know the cars you just have the best time ever yeah um obviously when you're trying to rag the thing and trying to find a tenth they get a, a little bit nitpicky and obviously it's a lot of hard work but just for pure enjoyment and that's what it was like i was just enjoying the first time heaps of horsepower good sound you know big weight transfer i'm like this is this is pretty cool this yeah, is, yeah. Uh, and this is a bit of me so yeah i loved it so how did this all work so did paul kind of then take over from larco as your your man or yeah i guess so sort of there was no these ones are always interesting it's kind of like there's no you know was there a formal thing or is it just sort of just these things just evolve and naturally happen and it's about the doing of it than the yeah organization of it and the writing it down and the you know yeah putting no, it together it just sort of happened. pretty informal um yeah. nothing you're not you know contractually really binding to help like it's mm. you know you and you deal with good people and they help you and you help them and you and you get on well and it just presses on right you don't have so, to have something written down and agreed yeah, to and everyone no. pays a lawyer just yeah it's that's what we're doing yeah cool let's do it it's the hard way to achieve things is putting it on paper so well it's good for the lawyers they, they make <laughs> yeah. a pile of money don't worry yeah we're, we're, we're sponsored by one with our podcast so <laughs> we know we know all about it good to know yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so that yeah, that, that was it was it was it was a pretty smooth sailing. Obviously, working out what to do after because obviously the cough cars were way faster, mm. um, and you, you couldn't you couldn't beat them in anything but one. Working out what to do the next year to then get on the supercar scene is was a harder one, but we eventually worked it out and we got a FGX and off we went. Mm. And you won at Phillip Island. You had a win in Eastern, sorry, Sydney Motorsport Park. Yeah. If I say Eastern Creek, you won't know where that is. I, I know where Eastern Creek oh, is. Yeah. You're young, but you're aware. That's good. That's good. Jeez, I feel like a real old bastard yeah. when I say stuff like yeah. that. But um, just talking about the dude for a sec, is he misunderstood by a lot of people? You clearly know him really, really well. Um, is he greatly misunderstood by the, the wider motorsport public and maybe the fan base a bit? Probably at that time, I think. I think now probably not so much. We've obviously seen, seen him, seen. I, I know I, I didn't know him too well before that, um, but you know you can look on YouTube and you can work it out what people perceived. But um, 
yeah, I think now you know, everyone gets it. He's sort of one of the, the guys giving back, which there's not too many people to do that. Mm. So and he was probably one of the, I guess, the pioneers of that with myself and then and then Brock and then Brody and so on. So he probably started pioneering that support young drivers and then that's what Norwell's become. Mm. So I guess that, yeah, the perception's probably shifted a long way from when we were, where we started in 16 to now, just, you know, in general conversation, like things you see, you know, around so which is good because yeah, at the time it probably was misconceived but um support- which bits did people get wrong what did they have really wrong about it i don't ever know but i had no problems with him so that's mm. probably the whole you went in with a clean sheet of paper yeah yeah I didn't didn't you know i never you never judge anyone you just sort of only judge on your dealings and it was awesome helped me got me into supercars so and then did that for a lot of other kids and then you know um a lot of people now racing in the junior cars or in Super 2, Super 3, all these stuff. It all mm. comes through sort of Norwell's help. So it's pretty cool. Mm. Pathway to Erebus. So 17 is where that begins because yep. you did a rookie day, didn't you? To, that mm-hmm. was the first little thing. So I presume that's a, a Paul Barry. Hey, yep. you got this kid. He goes good. You should have a, have a look. Yep. Is that the, the way that all happened? I think I was, on, I was on Barry's radar for a while, I think, just because when we raced in Formula Ford, he was involved in Formula Ford as well. He was too. So he was at Minda. Yeah. Um, so basically raced against him. So I think he's like, you know, he knew of me and then um, he's a motorsport fan. So I think he followed a bit of my career and all the stuff. And then we're in Super 2. And I was at a point, I think, in their team where it's it was time to look at some I'm something different, a young guy for car 99 and then fortunately i didn't have a co-drive because i've never been a co-driver <laughs> through this period yeah because i wasn't used to super two guy. i wasn't really around long enough to justify a co-drive so yeah. it's kind of skipped that stage um so that that makes you eligible for the rookie evaluation day so not a bad thing then. so it worked out good because then i got to drive dave's car at winton completely by myself and just some new tires and all the stuff and it went quite good that day, and that was, I think, enough for Barry to go. Okay, what's the worst going to happen? This is this is this is good. You know, mm. we'll, we'll, we'll try this. So that seat opened up, and then off we went. Mm. Yeah, uh, literally off you've gone ever since. Like that's yeah. been the. So he took he took Paul Paul's word for it. Like trust him, he'll be good. And then he's done that a fair few times ever since, right? So mm. he's got a couple of young guys in there now for the same reason. A few ticks on the board with that one. So mm. the the formula works, and it's uh, mm-hmm. it's not as hard a sell to to do. Um, it, you know, we get into the more modern stuff and I think everybody really knows the pathway from there, the Erebus stuff and now where your home is here at Dick Johnson Racing where we're sitting at the moment. But um, tell me about your – I'm interested in your thoughts on this. In your When we look at your career, forever in the history books, your first supercar race win in the main game is Darwin 2020 with, with yep. Erebus, the, the last year there. At the t- You know, we had a COVID year of weirdness um, and there was all the – things that were in play that weren't normal and we had that tyre thing where, yep. you know, you didn't have enough tyres for the weekend so some people were spending their pennies in this race and some in that one. It's awkward to me that your first win's got the asterisk next to it because of that. Do you look at it that way or do you do you sort of more think about the first one with DJR as being your first real one or a win's a win? Um, How do you feel about all that? I mean, a win's a win. You just have to do it. Um there was there was a few of us on that sort of same strategy that day, but yeah, obviously, probably realistically, if we're all running the the same program, we probably weren't going to win that race. We had a podium car all weekend though, so we actually cost ourselves podium chances in the further races. 
gone for the win, mm. which is fine. Mm. It's probably more satisfactory the next day because I had to somewhere use re- reused tires to qualify. I qualified third on like three lap tire. They've done already done laps, and you know I was like, oh fuck, uh, that's good. Things got pace. Like actually, mm. it was really good. So that kind of backed up. Like okay, we're not. We didn't just luck it. We're not twenty third. We might not have won, but yeah. we're, we're we're not slow anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, realistically, I'm a very realistic person. It's like, yeah, it, it was probably not gifted, but it was easier than mm. what it should have been. Mm. Um, but I mean, I've I've won there again since, so that's that's good to know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Added one to the uh, yeah. to the register, that's for sure. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've ever signed? Signed? Mm. Oh, weirdest. I mean, there's a lot. There's a few, I guess. Don't really remember. Uh, I've signed like, oh, it's weird. It's kind of cool. Um, like people's like, uh, what's the word? Like a, like a fake leg? Prosthetic leg. Prosthetic leg, like a full carbon fiber like leg. Oh, race spec. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Have you had anyone go to the level so far of a signature that they've then tattooed? Because um, then I don't if that happens, so. you've made it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, that, that's the leg your I was level. like, that's pretty. Like, I'm like, mate, you sure this is this is your like? This is your leg. It's on there. <laughs> like, I don't want to. I don't. I don't devalue it. Like, <laughs> this is it's important. He's like, yeah, yeah. There's a few of us that did it that day. It's, it's, it's cool. I don't know. It's something different. Yeah. But I don't. Oh, maybe someone's got a tattoo. I don't know. I don't think so. If anybody out there has gone and got an Anton signature tattoo, we want to see a photo of it. Yeah, it's not a pretty signature, so I wouldn't tattoo it personally. Did you work on that as a kid? Because all kids work on that. My handwriting is useless really? and my signature represents it. Oh. But so it's going to be hard to forge then. It's unique. It's very well. <laughs> that's the point of signatures, to be totally unique. <laughs> yeah. Just don't ever have to sign for a credit card because they'll go, Ugh. Yeah, my no. handwriting is so bad that, yeah, I don't know. I've never been able to really, my handwriting just never Mine's good. gone too. Yeah. I just type stuff all the time. Now. Yeah, that's why. That's yeah, it's why. no good. The great, uh, the great art of nice writing. Yeah. Long gone. Long yeah, gone. Agreed. Um, away from racing, what are you into? What, what do you enjoy? What do you do? You got some other stuff on the go, business wise, and other bits and pieces. Um, oh, I've always got something on the go, but yeah, I, I enjoy. I'm sports sportsman. You back for Collingwood, though, don't you? Back for Collingwood, which Mate, we're thought, looking look, good. Uh, you are well. When we're talking right here, right now, I'm not sure when we're going to run this episode of the podcast. It's going to be down the track. <laughs> but as we talk now, they've won, what, nine of ten or something like that? Ten straight, I think. Ten in a row, yeah. um, marching, towards, Just. marching right. towards the finals. It's good. So this could age really well. It's good to know, isn't or it? Or really yeah. bad. Yeah. Well, you're a Hawks guy, aren't you? I am. So the, one of the best games I've been to, you'll remember this game. Yeah, go on. Remember, it must have been 2011. 2011 when we won prelim. I was there, I was there like third Same. row. Same. I wasn't third row, but I was and, there. And we, I think we come from behind just. Nah, well, you led all night. All right. And you this is V8 the, Sleuth footy chat now. Yeah. So Collingwood led. Uh, no, we led all night pretty much. Yeah, and we, we got his in the lot at the end. Franklin kicks the corking left foot goal on the boundary line dribble <laughs> with Chris Tarrant on his heels <laughs> to put us in front with a couple of minutes to go. I will admit that I lost my shit and booked my ticket to the grand final. Then. So that everyone around me was the best. Yeah, it was. A, if you've not seen it, look it up on YouTube. <laughs> if you don't, even if you're not an AFL fan, it's a it's one of Buddy Franklin's best ever goals. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's lovely. But and then, then Luke Ball turn, kicks a goal we'll down the other up. end. You get in front. Game over. Clarko punches the uh, plastic yeah. dugout. I just remember out. that game and then the atmosphere. 
and it was but it'd be eighty. For some 000. reason, uh, there's just Hawks fans everywhere around me. Well, we were, yeah, that's okay then. But like, there's a lot of Collingwood fans. For some reason, just where you I were the was, one like isolated. There was about all. me, about three, four of my mates, and they were just they were, these fans are actually giving it to us a little bit. <laughs> and we're talking like older fellas. Like this guy would have been like 60, 70, He's just giving it to us, letting us know that what's happening. I'm like, okay, fair enough. And then we won, oh. and it was just like the mood just completely changed, and it was just us for just like. Just going for it, so that's that's a good Hawks memory for that, you. That was that was a good game. It's a classic, not, not yeah. <laughs> classic yeah. for you, not so classic for me. Um, yeah, sports, sports, my thing. Like who else? Um, you, you follow? What else do you follow? I'm a bit more into NRL now. Obviously, being a Queenslander. Oh yeah, who have you adopted up here? Um, well, I'm I'm Storm. I'm a Storm guy. All right, okay. So yeah, I, I don't forget where I come from. But good man. Good I man. was Storm before, but never like you don't naturally you follow it a little bit more up here. It's sort of a bit more in your face. You don't really tell everyone you're a Storm fan up here, though, because it's surprising. It's, people like it. I think. Do they? Yeah, because everyone up your, your Broncos, your Titans, your transplanted from Sydney, you got a Sydney team. But Melbourne's the universally hated team of the yeah. NRL from, and I'm not a huge NRL fan, but that's what I'm It seems like there's a up. lot there's a decent following like uh from when they they basically lived up here on the Sunshine Coast during that oh, COVID yeah, yeah. stuff. Yep. So I think they picked up a lot of a decent amount of fans through that corridor. I don't know. No one ever no one ever talk, like says like they 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 hate here in Collingwood and Storm's nowhere near as bad in people's eyes, I feel. It's it's you less, eff- way less more, offensive. Yeah you got way more for Collingwood. But that's fine. Um, so yeah, it's sport, uh, motorsport, like whatever, um, whatever's going, just, yeah, just enjoy that stuff. Yeah. You got a business on the, I've, I've been doing a bit of homework online. Yeah, been what, doing a bit of homework. What does my, what does my homework say? I, I was actually, I, you are twice on LinkedIn. There's two Anton Di Pasquale. It's probably two guys with the same name. Which one's no, got no, a capital? No, you've, you've, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They've both got your photo. Oh, okay. Because one of them, you might have forgotten. You might have to like update this one. No, did, no one did, I have on my account. Didn't you do real estate selling house and yeah, land packages? When I was racing time? Super Two, yeah. How did that go? Were you any good as a salesman? I think I was okay. So I was basically well, it was at that point like it's hard to get sponsorship. So then just got a job that. Gave me some money. Up here or down home? Down in Melbourne. So yeah. it's um, working for my uncle. So he that was his his business. And we, yeah, we're, we're selling houses. And well, it was a booming back then, 2016, 17 property west of Melbourne. Mm. You, you basically you had it, you sold it. It was wasn't mm. too difficult. But so you didn't have to be that good to do your job well. It was there was a lot of regs and because it's off the plan, planning it, uh, yeah, yeah. making sure they, you know all the ease, all the the general guidelines and council rules. We still had to do all that. So if you didn't do it, it cost money. So mm. still still had to be careful. But um, yeah, it was okay. Mm. Yeah. Have you co-founded a, another business? Uh, yep. Tell me about it. Gifter, isn't it? Yep. See, I, I, I've never heard you talk about this or I've never heard anyone ask you about this. So oh, no tell one, me about no it. No one does their research. Well, I do. Yeah. Um, no, basically, it's a, it's, a, it's a business. It's an online-based business app web um, that does basically virtual gift carding, gifting, B2B, B2C, hmm. that kind of stuff. So um, a lot of the work is business incentives and stuff. So um, we have – Few different products, but best basically the main one is saving a buy for all your boys a present for being good. You know, good work is a bonus, a bonus <laughs> Christmas don't, bonus. Don't tell my blokes about this at work because Chris, yeah. they'll, they'll 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 want something out of this. They'll they'll think that this is a good deal. That there's yeah, there's it's a be good deal. So then you can you can get your own sort of branded digital card, essentially or physical, but a digital is the way to go. Mm. And send it out to all your employees and it. 
they can then go to any of the stores on you the, use it wherever. On the app. You can you can go access hundred bucks, twenty bucks here, twenty bucks there, twenty bucks there. Use it all at once, save it, whatever you want to do. Yeah, um, and it, yeah, it goes well. So there's a group of us. They're all in Melbourne. So how did you get into all this? Is this old mates or an opportunity that arose, or how did this all come to be? Um, just a group of people that had an idea, um, and then everyone that's involved sort of has has a set of assets that could make it work essentially. So, um, you know, one guy can make all the software, one guy can do this, one guy can do that, so on, so on. So what, you, do you, what, do you, what do you do? Just, you, I'm just you the guy. Drive, you drive it first? I'm or? just the guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, you're underselling no. yourself. So, yeah, so it's ticking. It's a ticking program. I mean, me personally, I'm not, I'm, I'm not involved too much in the day-to-day because I have all this stuff to worry about. I'm racing mm-hmm. sort of my main thing, but there's, there's a full team um, out in Melbourne Punching pretty hard um, and kicking some goals, which is cool. Mm. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it's punching along in five, ten years' time. It, so how long has this been going for? Uh, it's during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So, so a couple of years. Couple of years. Um, so yeah, I mean, for a startup, we survived twelve months, which is a good start. And then we're you know, three, two years into it, and we're still going. So it's better than most, which is cool. Good to have other things. Racing's awesome. Racing's important. Racing's special. You've got to put so much in to get out what you want. But tell me about how important it is to have other things because I've seen so many race drivers who are all in on this. Yeah. And I get worried about them sometimes. I'm probably one of those guys. I'm pretty all in. Well, you've got to be all in to get it out of it. But you've got to have a bit of an awareness and a finger in another pie or something that you could, you know, do down the track or something – you know, I know the AFL clubs are massively big on this. That mm. for the day off that a lot of them have at clubs, they must be um, studying something, working, doing something to help prepare for when it's yep. over. So, yeah, I mean, you're a long way off from that. Clearly, I hope so. But yeah. you, you've got to have a few other little things in your world as well. Yeah, no, it's um, definitely do. I think, yeah, you're right. I mean, for me, I've, it's what I love and what I always do, and sort of what. Um, takes up 99% of my brain energy on any given day, even on, you know, on a random Thursday, two weeks after race, I'm still thinking about this and that, you know, that's sort of the, your main thing. Um, but I think, yeah, having, you need your, your, your outs, which is for me, sport, um, you know, your mates, whatever it is, cycling, whatever you do. Mm. Yeah. You do need obviously, but that's, that's with everyone that has a, you know, has, has, you know, is around, you need, you need other things, of course, right? You need to yeah. have your have your enjoyments and your hobbies and whatever it is, and uh, and enjoy it. But yeah, I think I I enjoy racing, so I actually, I'd rather be at the racetrack than at home. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my out would probably be racing, but that's not doesn't work, does it? Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, any any French lessons? Have you even bothered to try? No, no, probably no. not. I don't think it would help actually. Nah, it's uh, it wouldn't be an easy language to learn. I don't think. I did a bit of it at school, really. But Ludo talks so fast, I could not understand it if he spoke French. Yeah. So, <laughs> can you just slow that down for me, bro? Well, he's coming back from France recently, so he's he's fully Frenched up. He's, he's got a bit fully more Frenched up, a bit more yeah. Francais in him. Yeah, fully Frenched up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you did a little bit of GT stuff with the Grove guys. Are you open to doing some? some yeah. You got any other plans in the next little while to? And this place at DJR's clearly open to you doing a bit of other stuff here and there where it suits. Yeah, I mean the Groves have had an awesome relationship with them since I've met them. 
Um, they've been sort of a personal sponsor of mine since I started in supercars and we've done a few races together um, and they're cool supporters of motorsport, which is awesome. Um, yeah, so we did the buy at the start of this year and we've done some other things and and driven all their cup cars and just have a good time. But um, they like going racing and going racing with good people. So glad that I've sort of made the circle. Um, <laughs> you're, you're in. Yeah, but it, I mean, I'd, yeah, I'd love to do as much as that stuff as I could. I mean, Spa was on the weekend, the 24-hour, like – We'll, I will race in the bends, but mm. you know, like it'd be cool if that was. So if there wasn't a clash, there, if there wasn't could a clash. You, could opportunities you do that arise. Way through, I know Dubai was at the start of the year before. Yeah, supercars kicked I think off. So. But you're open or being able to do something that might fall as long as there's a bit of a gap to supercars. Yeah, basically, if it doesn't, if nothing, nothing takes away from what we do here and fighting for championships in, in this, then it can't hurt. Like it's a good thing. Mm. I mean, obviously, if. If you're flying back in on a Thursday night and you're racing on the Friday, Saturday, jet mm. lag's probably not the good idea. Mm. But if you've got a week and it all sort of makes sense, yeah, for sure, it'd be awesome. But shame there's a few there's a few races that clash with our calendar this year. Dubai was an awesome one because it's the start of the year and it's such a cool race. Because it's a bit of an all – tell our listeners about it because we probably don't see much of it. But yeah, it's it, nuts. It's a GT race, but it's like an all-in. It's, it's almost like a – a bit Nürburgring 24-hour in that you could Unreal. be one minute fighting with a guy in a Ferrari and a Porsche yep. and then weaving around some guy in an absolute tiny little proddy car that yep. you're about to cartwheel off the road. Yeah, so it's a full um, – that series is basically full pro-am, so there's no pro-pro cars. Like the 12-hour, it's very kind of similar to 12-hour, but the 12-hour has the pro outright. Every car has an am, so – um, that sort of changes a little bit, but then there's yeah, so there's X amount of GD3. So I think it was like 85 cars. Big for, and it's not a mammoth track. It's not like Nurburgring. It's a length. two two minute lap. Yeah, so it's not huge. Yeah, it's a it's if, a, it's a bit bigger if, than the bend kind of thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I was but thinking about 85 bend. cars. You know, so yeah. <laughs> trying it, 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 try and get a clean lap. But you're racing, so you're racing. Obviously, are you GT cars, which is who you're actually racing? Then you're racing. There's Porsche Cup cars which are really hard to race because they're fast in the straight because they've got no down, they've got less downforce. So but, they take off down the straight and you've got to bomb them for miles back. And if they're driven by like a, a, an amateur guy. Correct. You're all over them in the corners, but then he just hoses you in the straight. Yes. And, go, oh, and then, then you've got um, GD4 and then you've got TCR. So you be, it's you know, 2 a.m., you uh, I mean, you're punching around by yourself and there's there's literally a TCR race happening in front of you because they're so... <laughs> they're wired into their race and not given the... There was one point, it was middle of the night and I was just doing my thing, just punching around, it was all going good. And then there was a cup car race, there were about four wide down the back straight, there's dust going everywhere, halfway through this race, I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> like it's just, it was, yeah, it was crazy. And you, then you have to sort of f- find your way through. But that, yeah, that race was nuts. I, I enjoyed that a lot and then took me a while to... Um, build up to the sort of the, the GT style of, you know, hustling through the traffic. Because um, they get pretty – even though they're long races, they actually don't treat them like long races. No. It's just the mentality there, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so we're fortunate we had a, a Porsche factory driver in our car as well. So we weren't too dissimilar on speed. Um, and then he – and then we actually just kind of – he helped me sort of there's, – there's, it's not just like a normal passing. You don't just – pull out next to from a slipstream, break and turn. You've got to do – you've got to make it so obvious and do all these things because you you don't know if old mate sees you because of the speed difference. So Because you, you're racing against a whole pile of people. You yeah. Even, that's the difference. So you're going to be passed really accurately yeah. and obvious. And, and you don't know who – they don't know you, you don't know them, whereas 
12, 13 times yeah. a year, you know the other 24 guys yeah. you're racing against. You kind of know yeah. who you can trust, who so, you can't trust. So by the second, third stint, you start building it up and, you know, your average stint is a fair bit faster. But it was, it was really cool and enjoyed it a lot. The headlight button was basically worn out on the thing because <laughs> you just, you just smashed the, the headlight the whole time. But, yeah, in the night – uh, around there, like it's quite the back section is basically pitch black, so you only have your headlights. You got not much track lights, so you're driving in the full, in the full dark. Um, it was cool. I, I liked it. and a fast car, you know, heaps of downforce. It's good. Good way to start the year. Good way to start the year. So yeah, yeah I'm always, always, uh, always telling those boys, when's the next race? Where are we <laughs> going? I'm in. <laughs> What's the calendar look I'm like? I'm in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mate, we've got some National Motor Racing Museum couch racer questions where our fans have sent a couple of questions in. Cool. But one of the things we like, and and you're a bit of a, a, a younger chap, but in V8 Sleuth World, we love the histories of the cars, we love the histories of the sport, um, all that type of stuff. We like, we love, and I love memorabilia, and we're actually sitting in the boardroom at DJR. There's some cool model cars. There's some DJ uh, helmets. Um there's a bit of everything, a couple of Dick's old helmets in there as well. There's a bit of everything, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a bit of everything. Um, are, are, you a, are you someone that, I mean, you're right in the middle of your career at the moment, but are you putting things aside? Are you a keeper or a hoarder of things or do you not really thinking about that stuff at the moment? Um, Race suits, gloves, me, helmets. Or uh, everyone's yeah. at you to go, can you just, can I have one of those? Yeah, like, no, there's I'm, a bit of that going on. I'm pretty, like, I'll, I'll keep my helmet. Um, that I've, yeah, you, you constantly get people asking to buy it and, there's no real value. Like it'd have to be, I don't, you'd have to rip someone a beauty to justify <laughs> for me to sell it. Because obviously the value of the helmet's quite expensive naturally. To, to begin with, yeah. Plus the value to yourself and what it means and rah, rah. And then if you've got 20 helmets in a row, years, and you're missing one. It's going to really it kinda, you, isn't it? it? Kinda, it's, 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 I know it's going to annoy me one day. So I've always kept my helmets. I mean, a couple of years you have duplicates for whatever reason and you, you might give one to a sponsor or mm. Ryan's got a couple of our helmets and stuff like that but I've got one from every year um, and then yeah suits and stuff like that as well but I'm not I'm not super big on the memorabilia as such I think that might come at a later date for now it's kind of looking forward rather than looking back for sure and then obviously being teammates with Dave, he's very like he knows his history of the sport really oh, yeah. well, and he's he's, he's one of he'll like he'll probably get a few Davo history lessons in he, motorsport one hundred and one because yeah, he, he loves it. He's hardcore. He'll anyway. probably push you for the facts. I don't know. Like he's got he's pretty good. Oh, well, you're, I, you're obviously the best, but he's probably he's probably top. Five. I, I lived with him for a while, so I can tell. You could say that I, it rubbed off on him a little bit. Yeah, he, but you know the family he's from. He's he's got such a yeah correct. such a history. So world, I, but. yeah, but has he told you the one about the time you used to race Lewis Hamilton? Yep. Yeah, uh, I've watched it numerous times, and we've watched it. Yeah, over and over and it's good. over. He loves it. And some video, of those old, old videos and stuff from over there. It's really cool, actually. <laughs> um, it's probably something you, you guys have got. Although you're a bit different in your age and where you're at in your career, the commonality is that overseas racing. Yeah, we're experience, sort of. We're sort not of not many uh, people in supercars actually have. We're very, um, very similar path, in a way. So, like a whole sort of general life in a, in a one way or another is probably you know 12 13 years apart mm. very similar the on the karting into formal ford into this into that into you know first a first supercar drive a few years when you first race move to a big team like it's all kind of it's very similar actually. it's all very there's a lot of things where you're just talking you know da, 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 and you're like oh and then you're like shit <laughs> that's the same just x amount of years apart so hang on so 2004 he made his main game debut 
Where were you in 2004? Ah, uh, nowhere. How old were you? <laughs> uh, what was I? Nine. I would have been yeah, would have playing, playing footy and riding a motorbike yeah. somewhere. Yeah, as you do. Yeah. Yeah, but I hadn't even thought about a race car at that point. Hadn't even gone karting at that stage. Not even thought about it. Wow. I was actually, 2004, still like six years away, five years away from mm. thinking about it. Yeah. Mm. Remind him of that. It'll go down well. Hey, <laughs> National Motor Racing Museum catch racer <laughs> question. So our fans have sent some in from socials and our listeners. Cool. Um, it, this will be fine. It, most people get worried here of what's I coming. Worried. But, um, Adam Thompson, what category would you like to have a run in that you haven't been able to so far? Category? I mean... You like, had a go at a fair bit of stuff. Take, take F1 out of the question. Yeah, yeah. A realistic one. Probably... I, 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 I touched on before, GT, like endurance racing stuff. I think that's that's kind of a cool crossover for us because a lot of those events aren't like they're sort of singular events, kind of like your Bathurst and stuff. You can you can go do once things. You don't have to be part of a series and you can kind of cross over from our cars to theirs. Not too bad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's not much I would say no to. I think I think that's probably, yeah, what I'd like to do the most. Um, but, yeah, anything anything in the States, I think the States is, is a cool place, cool place for sport. Mm. I wouldn't mind doing that one day, but... I mean, at the moment, I'll just worry about supercars. you got enough on your plate yeah. as it sits. Yeah. Todd Jones, I like this one. Have you copped a spray from Barry Ryan? Uh, yeah. Well, kind of. I I, is there an all-time greatest spray? Because footy players talk about it all the time that coaches have given them a right royal spray and there's one that always or two that always stand out. Is there a standout Barry Ryan spray? Mm, were not you really. Good, were you a good boy too much that you didn't really get it? I think I was okay. Um, I think the funny – the Funniest one is um, Adelaide when I crashed. The first year? No, we have been second year. A couple year. of years later, yeah. Yeah. Turn eight? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then he, um, there was all the memes about him afterwards. That was the funniest. That was that. I remember that because that was really funny because it was, it was like him as a bus driver because he threw me under the bus and stuff. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at it because we're actually staying together that weekend. So um, we have had a massive laugh about it, but it looked bad, like it looked worse than what, on TV than what it was in terms of Everyone else the blow up. made more of it but than the you meme, guys the did. But the memes were awesome. I, I probably still have on my phone's phone somewhere. Yeah. Love it, love it. Uh, Lisa State, if you won the championship, would you run the number one or keep the number 11? I would I'd run the one. I was going to say, it's a pretty quick fix to do, just peel one off and you Yeah. No, I, I, think I, I, I think I personally would. I um, we haven't had a number one for a long time. Because Jay, Jamie always did it, didn't he? Jamie ran it, Shane hasn't, and Scott didn't. Mm. And, and Dick never did. Yeah. Dick always stuck with 17. So Sure, I think I'd have to win it to just to make that decision. To worry about it, yeah. But in, in the past, like in karting, won the, I've, 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 I've ran the number one and it was fine. I don't know, I, you I, earn it so you can use it. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah. To a point, I don't know. Oh, well... If you get to that point, you worry about it there and tell us what you're going to do. Great problem to have. We will yeah. be the first ones to ask you at the press conference after the yeah. final round when you win your first championship. Great problem to, to have, yeah. Super problem to have. Yeah. Uh, Zach Dowdle, what's the biggest difference between the European racing scene and the Aussie racing scene? Um, not uh, racing scene. I guess like the racing's the same, like on track, obviously different cars and different style of racing, but probably off track, the – it's very. It's a lot different. The culture in terms of just what you do as a driver, what you don't do, and all that kind of stuff. It's very. What you, do you do? What don't you? You're do? probably a bit more of a rock star there in terms of you know rock up later to the track, leave earlier kind of thing. That's kind of the general 
general vibe where you know, we're all we're all it's a bit different here. I don't know. I'm not sure. I've I never I I like being on the track you know early and spending most of the day there. Um, but yeah, there's some there's some there's, there's, a, there's a lot of big hitters, big motorhomes, stuff that you can dream of. Um, that most like a half the field has, you know. Yeah. So that's probably so uh, being a diva over there is accepted a bit more. I th- I, I think so. I don't know. It's hard. But it, the culture here is very much yeah you, you not that way you know you, I think you get away you would get away with less here just because our you know our culture mm. is a bit more like that anyway just in, yeah. in general life yeah where you see you see obviously you compare an F one paddock to a supercars paddock and just you can just see it looks way different right like it's who would be the Lewis Hamilton of supercars who's the fashionista I no one's at that level, but surely someone's got to break out something. We wouldn't get away with that. I don't no, think. no, that's right. If yeah. you're not wearing your team shirt, you're in huge trouble. Yeah, you got to be worldwide to get away with that stuff. That's you, you got to be. Well, he's he's the brand, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've made it when you're the brand. Yeah, uh, Michael Burson. I'm interested in this one. Bathurst 2018. Talk us through that amazing qualifying lap in the shootout. He said he was at McPhilmy Park and it was awesome. So you, you go to Bathurst for the yeah. first time in the main game. I think you were the first. Bathurst 1000 rookie to qualify for the shootout in 16 years or there or thereabouts. Yeah. And you didn't just make it in, you were third. Yeah. I think first, first. It was, it was full on. Yeah, first top three since Ambrose or something. Yeah, something like that. At the like time, that. people were saying. Yeah. Um, that lap was good. I actually underdrove the lap. What? A little underdrove bit. it? That car was grit, like hooked. There yeah. was more left there. Well, you think I'd never done the 1000 before. No. I've only ever raced Super 2 in the FG. Couple of years before, so in the the year and a half previous to that race, I had driven a supercar at Bathurst. Oh, so the, the FGX you didn't run there because it wasn't around no. the championship. Yeah, the we, didn't, we didn't run it. Yeah, so yeah. it was, a, and we didn't spend the money on it. And then didn't do co-driver laps there. Um, and then it rained most of the practice as well, so we didn't do really any practice. So my first proper hit out was quali. So. Um, I said, I was like, shit, I left a lot out there just because I, I didn't actually know what grip I really had. So of practice and stuff for how good that car was. We saw like we saw how good those cars were. Like Dave mm. in the race was exceptional mm. um, and how quick he was in quality. But yeah, my my thing was really hooked up. That was a good, that was a good car that day. It's fast. And that was so quick. Yeah. I mean, I ran off the road at the end of the thing, but like over the top and down the hill, I left so much on the table just not knowing – and it's all still a little bit of a guess. Mm. So looking back on it, I should have pushed a bit. <laughs> yeah, pushed a bit harder. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. But didn't. It's pretty happy with it. It was fine. Oh, and then we and then we led after the first lap, which was cool as well. I think. Yeah, and cool then the door started flapping open. I remember too. So yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Don't remind me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I didn't remind you. I just said it. It didn't remind <laughs> you at all. Um, that's the last of our questions. A couple of little things. Oh, easy ones. Yeah, easy. It's nothing well, to be scared. It wasn't of. too Come hard. On. Wasn't too hard. You were probably nervous for no reason. Um, we talked just about a top ten shootout there. We have our own top ten shootout on the mm-hmm. V8 Sleuth podcast, powered by Repco. Awesome. Um, I've got a bunch of names and a bunch of things. You give me the first word that comes in your head. Dangerous. You- yeah, dangerous, unfiltered. I don't know unfiltered. if those words are coming in my head are ever good, yeah. so let's go. <laughs> That's the aim of the game. And you can't use the same word twice for different things. That's even worse. Yeah, exactly. And you've got a few words to, to lean on. Let's see how we get. <laughs> oh, jeez. Such a race driver. <laughs> Larco. Larco? Uh, whiteboard. Oh, I knew you were going to say it. And you know what's behind you here in the boardroom? 
Whiteboards, yeah. There's whiteboards everywhere. So I was like, <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Laco in the whiteboard. Yeah. I know where you're going. Betty Clemenko. Missed the whiteboard, I think. Well, his whiteboard on the TV. Yeah, like they got the new one, but oh, it's, yeah, not, it's, it's not too a digital. Yeah, it's you've got to be analog, don't you? You need textures. Yeah. Because he can actually draw Mate, really well. Unreal drawer. Yeah. Unreal. As some of the stuff, you're just talking. He's like, yeah, well, I'll just draw that up. Yeah. Okay. No. No. Oh, sorry. Betty Clemenko. Um, Betty. One word. See, this is the problem because you give me one That's word. That's pretty hard to sum up Betty Clemenko in one word. Probably quirky. Yeah. What's quirky? I don't know. She's like, cooled the hair off, the purple hair sort of gone. Yeah, quirky's sort of probably like. But it's cool. Yeah, quirky's like cool. Like quirky's like different, your own sort of self. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, no. which, what? She doesn't try to be anyone else. That's yeah. For, that's for sure. Uh, Will Davison. Uh, Will Davison. Well, how many words? First thing that comes into your head. Don't think about it too much. Not one word comes. That's the problem. Well, that's his problem too. He talks so much. Uh, he's, he's, he's like a uh, good bloke. Is that one word? If you hyphenate it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let that through. Yeah, yeah. that's a pass. Good, good bloke. I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Good bloke. Dave Reynolds. Dave Reynolds. Uh, quirky. No, <laughs> can't use that again. Uh, unique. Hey, that's, that's a fair play. Yeah. Uh, Will Brown. Oh, he's another unique one, isn't he? <laughs> See, these words are like they <laughs> unique and sort of ticks off 90% of motorsport, I think. There's a few unique characters around, <laughs> isn't there, when you think about it? Uh, Will. Uh, Will Brown. I haven't spent enough time with him lately. I've lost, I've lost touch. You lost touch. You've, I've lost you're touch. You're in different worlds. Pilot? It, well, that's about all I see on his socials is him. Yeah. When it pops up in my feed. It's flat out Not flying, to say that's the only it? thing he's doing, but it's the only thing that Instagram keeps offering me. Yeah. So, um, Definitely me too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dick Johnson. Legend? True. Yep. Bathurst? Legendary? That is technically a different <laughs> word, correct? <laughs> Cheeky man, but yeah. I've got to pay that. Sonic? Um, legends? Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just oh, staring with you now. Man. I'm staring uh, with you. But I've got a couple more, so I want to see Sonic, how you can keep um, this going. The first thing we think of Sonic, Mick Ritter? Mm. Mick? Mm. Collingwood? Also legend. No. <laughs> oh. um, Collingwood be like... Uh, one word. They give me so many emotions. Like emotions. Emotions. Footy teams do that too. Don't emotions. They? Collingwood's the best at it. Oh, I was gonna say that's a roller coaster. There, Four, you got plenty, a bit of everything. Plenty heartbreak. Who did you uh, grow up with? The number on your back. Who was your favorite player? Number on my back. Um, I think we all had number five. That was it. Bucks. Yeah, I think everyone had number five. Mm. Yeah. Never really, like you said, oh, that is my best part. I could just sort of just, everyone's good. Right? You're about like, Collingwood. So if they're wearing the jumper, that's, that's enough. They're good. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. Oh, we've got one left. Sorry, we've done nine. We've got to do 10. Ludo. Ludo. And don't say French. Crazy. <laughs> crazy French, man. <laughs> just crazy will do. Crazy? Why is he crazy? He just is. <laughs> like, just not crazy, like in a bad way. Crazy is in like, just like just even just in his normal life, like some of the stuff he does is like shit. That's crazy. <laughs> like the amount of times you you tell your story, you're like, "Wow, that's crazy," you know? Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, nice. We'll go with that. Uh, for any of our listeners, if you're wandering around at a supercars paddock in the future, just call Ludo crazy and say that Anton Anton said so. So that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> hey, mate, great to catch up. Thanks for taking Thank some you. time to sit Good down. Chat. With us. Yeah, we covered a bit of ground. We got some veggie chat in there. We my, got uh, this is my podcast debut, by the way. Yeah. Have you not done any anywhere? Nope. 
No one's asked. No, no one's asked. Actually, I think maybe I think Reynolds might ask me a few times for when he was doing his podcast. Yeah, but he's not going anymore though. So yeah, we're still here. We're still going. Yeah, so. no, I've never never been asked. It's only up from here. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was good. On, on that note, uh, <laughs> we will come back and do part two in about twenty years' time <laughs> and see where we're at. Good to catch up with you, mate. Thanks, mate. You too. There you have it, Anton Di Pasquale on the V8 Sleuth Podcast, powered by Repco. A big thank you to Anton and the whole team at Dick Johnson Racing for having us at their workshop at the home of the Shell V-Power Racing Team. Now, next week on the pod, this has been a long time coming, but we finally got him. We finally got Craig Lowndes on the V8 Sleuth Podcast. Next week, it's part one of my two-part chat with the seven-time Bathurst 1000 winner, We cover a whole pile of ground and plenty of things that he hasn't really talked about in a long time and hasn't been asked about. Racing overseas, his junior years, Bathurst 12 hours and Nissan Pulsars among a whole pile of stuff. Lounsey on the pod next week, part one of two. Uh, Lounge for the next two weeks on the V8 Salute podcast. So make sure you tune in. We will drop that episode next Wednesday. If you're listening to this down the track, then you can listen to it straight away. Uh, we're going to make you wait otherwise to next week if you're listening currently. Uh, speaking of listening, Tuesdays, you've got to listen to the Castrol Motorsport News podcast. Andrew Van Leeuwen, Stefan Bartholomew, the boys kicking plenty of goals with the best insight and analysis of world and local motorsport you'll find on pods. Late each week, we do our Repco Supercars weekly episodes. This week, on Friday, it will wrap up practice from Pukekohe, the final ever round of supercars at that circuit in New Zealand. And, of course, I'll be back next Wednesday with the V8 Sleuth Podcast powered by Repco. By the way, leave a review. Give us your feedback via socials, the website, email. We love to hear from you about what you're enjoying on the pod. Maybe you've got a suggestion of someone we can chat to in upcoming weeks and months. We love to hear from you. It's great to have your support. Right, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Tell all your mates about the podcast and we'll chat with you again soon on the V8 Sleuth Podcast, powered by Repco. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out.